When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Oh, what the hell? It's time for a brand new episode of Gutting the Sacred Cow. It's your buddy Kevin Goatee here. Welp, when one domino falls, the rest fall right after that. Domino number two I'm talking about, Vertigo. Alfred Hitchcock's second film done in this podcast. Done by none other than newcomer to the show, Chip Chantry from the I Love Rock and Roll podcast. That's right, Chip Chantry has come on to do Alfred Hitchcock's Vertigo. Who did I get to help me co-host? Huh. Well... Why not go to the closer himself? Kevin Israel rejoins me to sit in that co-host chair. Hey, gang, thanks so much for hanging out with us every single week. Hope you love the episode. I promise you will. Let's see if Chip can make Vertigo fall out of a church belfry. Gather round, here's what I know. It's just that this cow has got to go. It's not a schooner, it's a sailboat. Kevin Israel! Name that film. The last couple I was like, I don't have it. I, I didn't even ring a bell, but this one, uh, <laughs> I know I should know this one. You're goddamn Arr. right you should know this. I'll give you a little hint even, which I never do. You live close to the town that this guy is from who made the film. Oh, is this, is this a Kevin Smith movie? I'm not saying it's definitely a Kevin Kevin Smith movie. Yeah. I'm gonna i I'm gonna say clerks, but I don't remember it in clerks. Mall rats. Mall rats. Uh, Said by a na- man named Willem. I always remember that. It's just it's so bizarre that his name is Willem. That's the second Willem what we know, because Willem Dafoe being numero uno. Yes. Yep. Kevin Goatee, Kevin Israel guest hosting again. And we got Chip Chantry joining us for the first time in this fine podcast. Chip, how goes it, sir? I am. I'm doing great. I'm. Ex- I'm excited to uh, eviscerate a cow tonight. Oh, and certainly you did choose a Pick cow. A, win- a winner. I would say. I mean, look. We and this is the this is the uh, the film he has chosen. By the way, not to bury the lead is Vertigo, 1958. This is the second Hitchcock film we've done in about a month. So I thought that was ironic that it took this long for the Hitchcock films to get noticed, and now. The dominoes are starting to fall. As I said, 1958. By the way, welcome to Gutting the Sacred Cow, the best movie review slash movie debate podcast out there where our guests are invited to pick a film they find overrated or hate and try to convince us to see their argument. But here is the twist. Why the beloved? 
critically acclaimed or a financial success are the criteria. Why do I bring that up? Because the YouTube algorithm needs a summary at the very beginning of every episode. That's why. I read that somewhere. Yeah. Huh. All right. 1958 Vertigo, as I mentioned. A budget at the time of two and a half million bucks. A box office haul of $7.3 million. Turn that into 2023 money. 2020, sorry. 2023 money, $26 million budget. Box office haul, $76.2 million. They called it a bomb at the time. I don't think this is bomb. Do you? I mean, I, I they made their money back and they made a profit. Yeah. I don't know. IMDB, boys, one through 10 with decimal points. I go to the guest first, Chip Chantry. What do you think Vertigo has accrued on the old IMDB? Uh, this is scale of one to ten, right? Yes, with decimal with points. With decimals. Uh, yes, sir. I'm gonna go eight and a half, eight point five. Eight point five. Kevin Israel. Eight nine. Eight two. Oh. Eight two. Wow. All right. Everything on IMDb is like seven or seven and a half. I was surprised yeah. to see it above that. Yeah. Rotten Tomatoes, fellas, one through one hundred. Kevin Israel, you know this drill better than anybody. Critics, Rotten Tomato score is ninety two. Chip Chantry. I'll go, uh, I, that's right in the ballpark. I, I'll go 93. One of you has dead nuts on and has won both showcases, and that man is Kevin Kev. Israel. Come on down. Oh. Well done. Well done, Kev. Now to chip for the audience Rotten Tomato score. Same scale. I'm, I'm going to stick with my guns and go 93. 93, Kevin Israel. I'm going to go lower and go 80. One of you is dead nuts on, and that man is Chip Chantry. Oh, wow. Come on down. Wow, I'm surprised that was that audience score is this high. People love it. People love it. In my research of reviews, he is right. People love this. Five fun facts. Hitchcock came up with the initial seed of the idea that became the iconic Vertigo Zoom when he was making Rebecca. However, at the time, the technology wasn't there and he couldn't achieve it. He initially got the idea to do a disorienting mix of tracking in and, zo and zooming out when he fainted at a party and his vision did a similar <laughs> thing. Chip's doing that same thing with his camera. Was that vertigo zoom all that? He makes it sound like he was waiting the, for the technology to catch up like, uh, like Cameron was doing for Avatar. Yes. You know, it's, yeah. it's funny. When we were watching this last night, I said to Ashley, I was like, this was definitely mind-blowing special effects at that time. People were probably like, oh, my God, I threw up when I saw him fall, you know. And now it's yeah. just like, like, Chip just did it with his fucking MacBook. I, I, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and with the different flashing colors throughout. Yeah. Like, oh, hello. It's, it's so like when... It's, it's like, like when we saw the uh, the money for nothing video, the Dire Straits video. Yeah. Kids. Like this is the future. Yeah, yeah, and also take me I, on. I guarantee. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I guarantee those flashing lights get definitely gave many people a seizure. Oh yeah, and but they didn't know why back then. Yeah, it was yeah, just like they're weak. Yeah, and then and then the Japanese saw this and said, "Let's make game shows that do that." <laughs> 
Number two, years after Vertigo hit theaters and became a classic, Hitchcock admitted James Stewart was miscast in the lead role as he was too old and he should have considered a younger actor. He was embittered at the critical and commercial failure of this movie in 1958. He blamed this on Stewart for, quote, looking too old, quote, end quote, to attract audiences anymore. Hitchcock never worked with Stewart again, perhaps uh, previously one of his favorite collaborators. Stewart was 49, Kim Novak, 24. And it showed. It's 100, that is one of my big, my main points today. The tree ring that Scotty and Madeline visit was destroyed in the 2020, I don't know, it's CZU lightning fire complex, who cares, that swept through the big basin, which stood in for Muir Woods. Oh, we couldn't see when the Magna Carta was signed anymore. Darn. The Battle of Hastings? Come on. Hastings? We don't know about that. (laughs) Kim Novak already had a reputation for being difficult. At 24? Really? You had earned that kind of a credo? You didn't didn't know any difficult 24-year-olds? (laughs) Because all the ones I knew were. I don't mean I don't mean that. I mean the 24-year-old actresses back in the 50s. I don't think that they were getting uh, opinionated when the male-dominated film industry wasn't giving two shits what women thought. That's That's fair. That's what I thought was a little bit surprising. She was being difficult, so it was not a surprise when she showed up to to, uh, to work for one day. She was striking for more money from her home studio, Columbia Pictures, who was paying her $1,250 a week, even though they were receiving $250,000 for her loan out and one more movie. The ploy worked, and Novak got a raise. Good for her. That is yeah. unjust. Get your yeah. bag. Get that money, honey. Number five, the word vertigo is spoken only how many times in the movie, fellas? Is it once? Israel? None. Do they ever say it? I think it, I don't remember ever hearing it. They do. When Scotty at the beginning says it to Midge, okay. I have vertigo. That's what he I says. thought he says, I have acrophobia. He had an addition. Huh. That's right after he says, I have vertigo. And yeah. I think he gives it, it gives him vertigo. Yeah, because, yeah, this, this movie should have been called a record. Arachnophobia. I think it should have been called arachnophobia and been about spiders, just like that John Goodman movie. I was just going to say. I would have rather watched that movie. Yes. yes. Someone's tipping his hand too early. Yeah, I know. Sorry. No, it's a great movie. I loved it. (laughs) What a douche. Quotes. You shouldn't keep uh, you shouldn't keep souvenirs of a killing. You shouldn't have been that sentimental. Other than that, that is it. This film is bone dry of quotes. I will go to uh, Kevin Israel. Any quotes jump out at you? The only one that jumped out at me, and it wasn't because I'm going to run around saying it, but uh, she says, I've been picked up before. And I was like, does that is that like going to the powder room and getting fifty dollars to go to the powder room? In, yes. uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's. Was she saying that she was a hooker? Because I don't know what like other. Why I thought else that would she said that. <laughs> I mean, picked up is in picked up one night stands. Picked yeah, up as I, you I mentioned. Didn't, hooker. I didn't know what she was alluding to, but he clearly he got it. That was very opaque, but you're you're right. He did. He was like, oh, I got gotcha. you. Wink, wink. Yeah. Chip, any quotes? I think my favorite was. Ah! <laughs> she falls out of the tower. That right was there. more believable. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Especially when the body fell. We'll get to that. Oh, yeah. Let's go to ask a gutter at Eric four, nine, five, three. OK, Chip Chantry, do you like any Hitchcock movies? Uh, you know, I, I, this is going to be a main a main theme in my uh, my presentation tonight. I, I love Hitchcock. I, I am a huge Hitchcock fan. Uh, some of my, I, I like the favorites, the classics that I'll get into. But yes, I am 
a huge fan of his, and I just think that this movie needs to be taken down a number of pegs. Next one is Hitchcock overrated. Same guy, Eric four nine five three. Um, I, I think he's lauded for a lot. Uh, I I will say this. I I, I love him. I think he he was revolutionary. Everybody says he was such a genius, and he was like every shot was perfect, and everything's wonderful. Uh, I, I have a little thing. Here's a little thing overrated. Uh, in the movie The Birds, which I love. Uh, everybody says it was a great movie and this is how wonderful he is. Uh, if if he was realistic on that, that town would have been covered in bird shit. Not <laughs> a drop of bird shit Fair. in Bodega Bay at all. It would have been caked in white and he totally missed that. So for that, yes, he is overrated. But I do love him. Next final part question of that. And finally, Vertigo by Hitchcock or U2? Ooh. Uh, uh, uno dos tres. Hello, hello. Torse. Hola. Hello, hello. Right. Uh, I, I, I'm gonna have to go with, gonna have to go with you two on this one. I mean, it's like the last gasps mm. of them doing some music that I listen to. The song is four minutes. The film is over two hours. You decide. <laughs> yes. Next question. At Dave Quist, literally hanging in my office, the poster of Vertigo. At Mike Price, you know our buddy for the Simpsons. Uh, he wants to know, Chip, what kind of wood? Was Kim Novak's wooden performance oak, pine, or cedar? <laughs> Man, it, it was just it was like that that fake fiberboard is, is what it was. It's, it's oh, you mean a, wood. IKEA IKEA nonsense? Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All, instead of getting three D glasses, you got an Allen wrench when you walked in the theater. <laughs> at the big directions. At the big Nick J, ask Chip Chantry if he at least enjoys the Mel Brooks spoof High Anxiety. You know, I remember seeing High Anxiety in high school before I ever saw Vertigo, so didn't get the reference, and it was so long ago. I don't, I don't remember. And I now that I've really dug more into Vertigo, I should rewatch because who who doesn't love Mel Brooks? Hmm. Kevin Goatee. Spaceballs is overrated as all hell. Oh, not not. Yep. That's a, so that a childhood classic, but yeah. well, grow up and you'll find out it doesn't hold up. Thanks. <laughs> Next. Next one. Uh, oh, okay. We are now on to at Lord Snurts. This dude destroys these questions. I got to say, Snurts, my favorite question asker. Here's why. He asks you in another universe, Madeline Elster becomes a Bond girl. What is her new sexy name? Bora Bora, because she's a <laughs> giant boar. That is her superpower. That is her thing. She just bores James Bond and tell me, into sleep and tell me, plans. tell me, she has a twin or sorry, adopted Japanese sister named Tora Tora. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I I saw that question on Twitter and I immediately thought Snazzy McSnooze. All right. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> the living mannequin a lot a lot of ambient <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> next at joe loves chem if a director makes five hitchcockian films in a year is that a ruthian feat i i i would i mean it's a feat of something so i'm gonna say yeah i, cool. I guess so yeah <laughs> that's gonna close the ask a gutter so there we have it. We got our questions out there. Chip's got his arguments loaded up. But before we get there, 
Don't forget to leave us that five-star rating, two or three sentence review. You know we love that. You know I screenshot my favorite ones on all podcast platforms. Guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com if you want to advertise with us. And of course, guttingthesacredcow.com. And by God, no one listens to the end of podcasts. So my guest, Chip Chantry, what are you up to and where can we find you? I would love for people to go find me at Chip Chantry, C-H-I-P-C-H-A-N-T-R-Y, at Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all that stuff, and ChipChantry.com for all my upcoming dates and all that stuff. I got some albums out there, too, that you can find wherever you get your comedy albums. I know the hot spot is KevinIsrael.com, but uh, if you have anything else to t- tack onto it, my friend, please let this be your, your opportunity to do no, so. That, thanks, for, thanks for doing my plug for me. I, I appreciate that. Yeah, KevinIsrael.com. My album's out there. Kevin Israel on all your platforms, your social media yapping sites. Yeah, it is. <laughs> That's factual. And now, Kevin Israel, why don't we just have our virginal gutter lead him right on down that path of flowers so he can come in here and let's see if he's got it on the first take. And that, of course, is to gut the sacred gut. The uh, sacred, sacred cow. cow. Mike, you're yeah, on My delay. connection just went unstable. I, no, <laughs> you don't say. Sorry. I was like, wait a minute. He's sorry. Yeah. Chip, go ahead, pal. Let her rip. Here we go. So, so as I said, I, I, I want to put it out there. I love Alfred Hitchcock. I love his movies. I love the TV show. I do love the classic Psycho, The Birds. Rear Window is one of my favorite movies of all time. I love The Trouble with Harry, which is, did you guys ever see the comedy that he made in the, I think the early 50s? Do tell. It's, it's very, it's, 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 a, it's exactly up his alley. It's a comedy. It's, it's kind of cheesy. It's kind of like that uh, Rodgers and Hammerstein kind of Oklahoma kind of feel, 50s feel. But it's about a small town where somebody finds a corpse and then like five different people, it's kind of a farce, I guess. They Five different people find this corpse and try to hide it because they think they're going to get blamed for it. And it's kind of funny and it's adorable. I, it's, it's not the whole most hilarious thing in the world, but for the 50s, it's a comedy about a corpse and I love it. So uh, check that out. Uh, let's get to Vertigo, though. Vertigo is a, I, I want to commend it. It is a beautifully shot film. It is a gorgeous film to watch. The colors are vibrant. The camera work, like we talked about, it was probably groundbreaking at the time. Even just the architecture that you see in, in of course, the backdrop of San Francisco, plus the uh, that mission that they had. It was just beautiful angles. Everything was set up perfectly. But Vertigo is like the state of Montana. It's extremely beautiful, but it's boring as hell, and nothing <laughs> ever happens. <laughs> Uh, it's too slow. The movie is way too slow. You could cut every scene in half, and it would still work. Probably, you'd get the gist. Uh, it, and, and having said that, being too slow, it's way too long. It's two hours and eight minutes long. Yeah. The birds is a, a, an hour fifty nine. Rear window is an hour fifty two. Psycho is an hour forty nine. Uh, it's just it, you. You can cut twenty minutes out of that movie, and it would still work, and it, it would have been much faster, much more fun. Uh, speaking of fun, nobody's likable. In this, there's the only <laughs> likable character is Midge, and she's barely in it, and she disappears two thirds of the way through the movie. I think at the mental hospital when she just like gets shooed away, and that's it. Uh, so yeah. she's literally the only likable redeeming character I think in the entire movie. Um, it's, having said that, 
Do you know how hard it is to make Jimmy Stewart unlikable? Yeah. <laughs> America's own Jimmy Stewart. He's not sympathetic at all. He's this like unlikable old creep. He's he like you had already said, he even admitted he was miscast. He was way too old. This was the last time, like you said, uh, Hitchcock worked with him. So it was just it was gone from the this movie should have been called Mr. Smith Goes to the Funny Farm. I mean, it's just not it's that's all it's about. He's just it's the beloved Jimmy Stewart is unlikable from the beginning to the end of the movie. And of course, zero, zero chemistry between he and Kim Novak. Again, like you said, 24 and 49 years old. It's just creepy. Uh, you know, and, and again, and like, it's not even like, I, I can see an age difference. Age difference is fine, but it didn't work at all. So this is one thing that some people may have picked up on. I definitely picked up on. We're comedians here. Vertigo is humorless. There's nothing <laughs> funny about this movie. And here's the thing about Alfred. Alfred Hitchcock is hilarious. Alfred Hitchcock is a funny guy. Uh, he, he has that dry sense of humor, that charm. Every yeah. other movie's got some humor in it to balance out the heaviness. The Birds has uh, the funny back and forth between them, and there's like the, the pranks that are being played. Rear Window has some, you know, back and forth between him and Grace Kelly. Uh, I, I don't and the neighbor, those, too. The, uh, the neighbor is great, and all the, yeah. like, some of the funny stuff that's happening there. There's humor to balance it out. One of my favorite, I think one of the funniest things, and I think it's very overrated, underrated, Psycho is hilarious. The scene in the office at the, like the her office at the beginning where she steals the money. I don't know if you know it's her and that other woman. That other girl is Hitchcock's real life daughter, that who that actress who plays that, and she's no hilarious. She has huh. a couple lines in there that are really really funny. And then of course, like I said, the trouble with Harry. It's it's a funny thing. It's this movie just takes itself way too seriously. Uh, there there's no humor in it to balance anything out. Um, and then uh, okay. We know you got to start strong and end strong with a movie. And like most things in art, you got to start strong. You got to end strong. He swings and misses on both of these fronts. The beginning <laughs> is hokey as hell that I know it's the 50s, but the the, the effects of him jumping on the roof look yeah. super. It, like, it's like, even the way it's shot. Like I get the scene where you're like looking down and you see the guy fall. I'll give him that. But like that first thing when he jumps from one roof to the other, it doesn't even look like he's up on a roof because it's so low. Yeah. I didn't think he was. Right. I, thought, just, they were, like I thought it was low. Yeah. That's yes. why I was like, why is he so concerned? And it yes. wasn't that crazy of an angle that he'd need to slide down. It's like, yeah. dude, you can make that. You know, it, It's you, not like at a, at a, at a I don't know, uh, 45, no, 90 degree angle where you're kind of no. Tom cruising it up the thing. No, it's not very, at all. It was a pretty obtuse angle. You could easily yeah. make it up there, dude. Yeah. The only thing that would have redeemed that opening sequence was a couple of dancing chimney sweeps up there. That's the only that's the only thing that would have made it better. <laughs> Mary, <laughs> Mary Poppins yeah, exactly. floating an umbrella behind him in the background. Flies, flies across. That's what I want to see. And then let's talk about the ending. Spoiler alert. Uh, spoiler alert. You're going to be disappointed. Um, one of the worst movies endings in cinema history. It just ends. And like I like a weird, bizarre ending. But this just it stops and there's no loose ends that are tied up. Where's Midge? Did right. the husband <laughs> did the husband just get away with it? And he's just traveling through Europe and everybody's just sad at the end. I, I will say this. I looked it up and I you can actually see it on YouTube. The, the studio or somebody really tried to force Hitchcock to make 
another ending to tie up some of the loose ends. Yeah. There is an alternate ending. I don't know if you guys saw it within Midge's apartment with him and Midge together. It's still kind of a downer, but you there's oh you she's listening to the radio where you hear about that Elster or whatever his name is, the 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 guy, the the murderer. The husband. Uh the, about how he's probably gonna be caught. And then they kind of come together at the end. It's it's kind of a downer, but at least it ties up loose ends, but then they just cut it. So uh the end so that was filmed? That was filmed. You can watch it. It's wow. on YouTube. I can see it. It's like it's it's only like a minute and a half. Uh, but it's it would have been better than just sitting up there. I get a, a weird kind of ending, but it's not great. That's the only uh, scene in this film that is a minute and a half. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It, any other movie would have been seven minutes long of nothing happening. Um I, I said before that Jimmy Stewart is creepy as hell, but just that whole sequence in the second act where he's obsessed and forcing Judy to look like Madeline and you gotta get the the right dress and the shoes and the the die even by 1958 Mad Men standards <laughs> that's creepy like I, I I'm not somebody who like says oh like I understand if something was a different time oh people treated women differently back then and I get that was even creepy for 1958 oh the be. gentleman does know what he likes uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god right that, oh that, I got that, notes that, on that <laughs> yes that was boy that was just so so creepy um and then okay gentlemen. That middle section. Uh, so the beginning sucks. The end sucks. The middle dream interlude with the the little cartoon animated thing and his face and the different colors. The dreams. What is this? Bed knobs and broomsticks. Knock it off. <laughs> oh my Stop god! It. Bed knobs and broomsticks. Holy Stop. shit! R.I.P. <laughs> Angela Lansbury. I would have rather watch that than this. Like, what are you trying to do, Hitch? Um. And, and again, and I'll I'll wrap it up by saying this: it is a beautifully shot film. Uh, but it's not a good movie. Uh, and I, I will say this. I, I, I saw this thing. I think it was in the last year. Tarantino was was interviewed somewhere. And he had mentioned that Jaws is the greatest movie of all time. Which, by the way, sure. I agree with. Jaws is hands down my favorite movie of all time. I love it. I could. By the way, I couldn't listen to the episode where you gutted Jaws. I just wouldn't be able to stomach <laughs> who it. Said, whoa, 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 whoa. Who said we did? We just had a guest come on to try oh, and do it. That, uh, the the royal we I apologize somebody did not you guys yeah uh, but it I love Delvin that so Cox <laughs> dude <laughs> but, but quick pause for one second Schultz the other day goes I still will listen to that episode because I'll get too goddamn mad at that person <laughs> who hates Jaws and, and we, that and Back to the Future get the most ire that someone had the balls to come after those are the pretty only thing I remember episodes. about Delvin's gutting was that he goes there's no black people. And I was like, you should be happy about that. They would have gotten eaten. Yeah. It's Martha. It's Martha's Vineyard. Martha's Vineyard in the Not exactly a hotbed of black yeah. people, except the Obamas now. Yeah. <laughs> but with with uh, Tarantino, he said that Jaws was the greatest movie of all time. It's not the greatest film of all time, but it's the greatest movie of all time. Meaning like, you know, film is, you know, a movie is more blockbuster mainstream. A film is more like an artsy thing. I will say that I think Vertigo is an excellent film and I think it's a terrible movie. And I, and finally, I, having said that, I think that Vertigo is a great falling asleep movie. I'm sure you guys have some of those movies like on the queue, like if you need to fall asleep on the couch or something like that, you put it on. I think it's, I think it's going to be a great fall asleep movie for me because it's beautiful, it's slow, and it's a complete snooze fest. Give me a number one and to ten. Uh, oh, sorry. I'm going to cut you off your last point. Number one to ten. Uh, I'm going to give it a solid four. Four. All right. Four. That's fair. Kevin Israel, let her rip. 
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. So, look, this is one of those movies that makes me feel like I don't have any place talking about movies because I know I went I even went and wa- I've never seen this movie before. I'm not a wow. Hitchcock guy. I've seen a couple of his movies. Uh, I just never does. He never did anything for me. And I it just makes me feel like maybe I'm just stupid. But this this movie from start to finish is terrible storytelling. It's in fact, it it breaks the main rule of movie storytelling. All it does is tell it doesn't show. Everything that happens in this movie of significance, you're told. You're told he has acrophobia. And he says it a number of times that you they that why wouldn't why wouldn't he have taken the opportunity after the, the cop fell off the, the roof to show another scene of him in his job after that, unable to do his job? That would have been so much more impactful than him sitting with this random woman who you don't even really know who she is until they tell you who she is. <laughs> and it, it, it just it, it felt almost like a joke. Like, I have the acrophobia, you know, like the diabetes got me again. Like, what do you like? It was so it was so shitty. And then everything else that happens in this movie of significance, you're really just told you're sort of spoon fed it because it almost feels like he doesn't have the time to show you. And yet this movie is so fucking long. Chip said 20 minutes. I said to my wife, this movie could have been half the length. And accomplished the exact same thing in a, in a, in a much more entertaining fashion. It could this have been was, an Alfred Hitchcock presents, right? Right. With with cooler music, I might add. Yes. And yes. and then I so I watched I watched one of the uh, review of, of of this movie on YouTube because I just I was like you know I'm I must be missing something and I watched this guy who was a big Hitchcock fan explain it and he says you know the character development in this movie is just you really get into the character and I was like. Do you? Because, again, you're just told everything about the characters. You're told that Scotty was a lawyer. Nanny one is a cop that. And, and by the way, he's rich for some reason that you never really find out why you don't know anything about his past. You know, you're told that he and Midge used to date or uh, were college. engaged for yeah. three weeks in college. And you have no idea. Like he he references the war, which I guess is World War Two. But there's nothing about that. There's nothing. There's no meat to Scotty. And. You just you just don't. And then they introduce his friend and there. And the one thing I'll say about this movie, there's not many characters. So you don't you're not getting lost in the character list. But then so then you meet the friend who has that that fake 1940s accent uh, that nobody ever actually had except news broadcasters. Hey, Scotty, I got to come here. And uh, like nobody taught like it's not British. It's not American. It's just your bus have money. It's just rich. And, I was uh, saying, I was saying, Newsboy, nineteen forty-five is a yeah, good call right, 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 right. And uh, and you're told again about their relationship. Then you're told this ridiculous story about his wife that makes no sense. And at that point, I was like, I couldn't remember if Hitchcock ever actually has supernatural elements in his movies. I know a lot of times he references them, but it never pans out. And so when he references, oh, you know, I think she's possessed or whatever, this this ghost of this thing, and then they go through this whole 
series of him following around. And there's this whole mystery that they created about this woman who was her grandmother and that she's possessed by her. And the whole thing is so ridiculous and so overly elaborate. They could have gotten to the point where he throws his actual dead wife out the window and Scotty's there. They didn't need to do all of that. That was all just that was all misdirection for the audience. It didn't serve the actual story. So as an as a viewer, I was like, that was all bullshit because it didn't make sense and they didn't need to do it. They could have all he had to do was fall in love with her. Like that's all they had to do. She's hot, he's single and lonely, and a, looks like a grandfather. And yeah. she's, you know, she's just got got her driver's license. Of course he's gonna want to bang her. Like just put him put her out there and he'll wanna help, you know, and then he'll follow her up the the stairs. That's all they needed to do. All they needed to do was get him to the church, have him run up the stairs, watch the girl fall out. How do we do that? We have to create this ridiculously elaborate plot about how this woman is possessed by the ghost of her grandmother who she goes to the grave and she stares at the, at the painting and she brings the flowers and then she jumps into the bay for no apparent reason. It's all ridiculous. The whole movie, that the whole portion of that movie was horseshit. Then again, he he goes into such shock over watching her fall. He goes into de- depression. I can't remember what they called it. It was some ridiculous diagnosis that sounded oh, like I, something that, that was made I, up. It was Melan- like it, melancholia. 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 Yeah. Like, he's sad. Yeah. That, that's, I don't know if that was an actual diagnosis back then. He became but a if I was Smashing Mitch, Pumpkins I album for a year. Yeah. It's like he's he's got this super exopatalidocious, <laughs> you know? Like if I was Midge, I would have been like, you know what? We're going to get another doctor because whatever. By the way, Mel- son- Mel- Melancholia is a terrible film, but Kirsten Dunst gets topless and she has under the radar, insanely amazing boobs. Was that a real That's movie? That's an actual movie? Yes. Melancholia? Yeah, it's really? like 10 years old. It's not good, but oh, shit. Go uh, go fast forward for all those pervs out there. But I watched it. I go, this stinks. Mr. Skin. Uh, MrSkin.com. Well, dude, <laughs> I mean, I'm watching. This film stinks. She's laying on the moonlight. She takes her shirt off. And go, whoa, she's rocking. Anyway. Suddenly, went from a four to a six. <laughs> um, no, to a one to a three. <laughs> uh, and so, that, so then, yeah, so he's in the hospital. He can't talk. It looks like he's in a, almost in like a, a coma or something. Yeah. The and then yeah. and then suddenly he's just out walking around again. And they don't really explain what cured the situation. He just is because we, we got to move the fucking movie along. Uh, and so then the actual only part I really liked of the movie. So I, I think I sort of disagree with Chip is where he goes crazy about her and starts doing all that fucked up shit. It is creepy, but it's supposed to be creepy. And Jimmy Stewart does a really good job of going from this kind of likable guy to this lech who's just horrible and is just so obsessed with this woman that he's trying to recreate. That was the only part of the movie that I was like, "Ooh, I kind of I finally feel something about this movie. I don't like him and he's an asshole, but I get it. And then she instead of being like, fuck you, is so, I guess, in love with this guy. And that's the other thing about this movie. This is one of those movies that they just say they're in love. Why? (laughs) Because he's the star and she's the star and they have to fall in love. There was no chemistry. There was nothing that happened between them that suggested they should have fallen in love. There There wasn't 30 seconds of anything where you're like, oh, I can see them falling in love. He just saves her and then it's like, boom, they're in love. That's how that's how love happened in in the 50s. Horrible. (laughs) <laughs> and <laughs> there's and like then, a magic there had to be a magic potion involved too yeah right <laughs> and then the, and then you get to the then you get to the twist the twist oh shit watch out 
They explain the twist to you. You don't see it. You don't figure it out for yourself. She sees it in a flashback, which is just totally explained to you, which is fucking horror, like just weak ass storytelling. At least at least fucking six cents. You were like, "Ooh, I get it. Or if you're goatee, ooh, I saw that happening. I did. Uh, (laughs) But this they just tell you. And then she explains it. What? That whole that was the twist. You get told the twist like. Fuck you like this. is, And they call this the greatest Alfred Hitchcock movie. It's yeah. such lazy, shitty, boring storytelling. Right. Like you could totally see that he had this idea of this vertigo thing. And then he's like, what are we going to do? It doesn't matter. We're just going to make a movie around it. And it's going to. And then the end. Fuck the ending. The uh. ending <laughs> is just. Absolutely. So they get upstairs and he's yelling at her in that, you know, in that kind of old school kind of like, you did it, huh? Were you happy with him, huh? Was it good for you, huh? And, and like just yelling, shaking her because that's all you could do. If you hit a woman, it would have been bad, but he could shake her and he's and he shake her and shake her. And then suddenly she sees something and she jumps out the window. The nun, the nun made her leap. And I rewound but what did three she- times. I don't know either. But what did she what was there was nothing that like I could have I could have gotten if they suggested that it was the ghost of that Colette woman or whatever her name was or something something or that but or they never show who it was. But once they show it was the nun, it was like, what? She jumped out because and then the nun just says that, oh, that's horrible, whatever she said, and then rings the bell and then he just stands there. And I was like, since I've never seen this movie before, I was like, I hope he jumps off. Like, I hope this movie ends with him being like, well, I have nothing left to live for. I jumps off and I yeah, would be like, Romeo Juliet. yeah, right. Fuck everybody. But instead, he just stands there and looks stupid with that stupid pose. And be. yeah, this whole movie was fucking. Ter- and the only thing I can say in its defense is that it's an it's an old, old movie that was clearly revolutionary at its time. And Hitchcock was doing things that people didn't think of doing before a movie. And I get it. It is beautiful. It's a, a wonderfully shot movie, all that stuff. There's all sorts of he plays with scale with the bridge and the the, the trees that I don't color give a sh- like that. I don't that, give that, a that shit about shot. any of that. When I see a movie like this, I want to see good character development. I want to see compelling chemistry. And I want to see a twist that I have to parse out in my head before you lazy explain it to me like I'm an idiot. This movie was hot garbage. And I hated almost every minute of it other than when Jimmy Stewart went fucking crazy because I he did that well. This movie gets a two and a half. Oh, wow. Love it. Love it. These notes probably brought to you by CuttingTheSacredCow.com. Israel, every time I bring you back on, you hate the film with a burning passion. Well, that's why I'm glad I didn't pick that because I, I, I love Animal House. So I'm glad I didn't pick that one. Yeah. All right. CuttingTheSacredCow.com. Get a sweet-ass shirt like this if you can see it in the camera, uh, as well as other hats, mugs, bags, whatever. You know the drill. GTSC podcast on Twitter, Gutting the Sacred Cow on TikTok and Instagram. Oh, Gutting the Sacred Cow podcast on TikTok and Instagram. Excuse me. Notes. Every time I watch an old film, I keep remembering. Oh, wait. I have to fast forward through three minutes of credits (laughs) at the beginning. Now, if I go to movies, I have to wait 15 minutes of previews before I get to it. I now show up about five to eight minutes before the film starts, i.e. Return of the Jedi just last Friday. I said, I already seen every trailer that I want to see. I don't need to worry about anything now. Uh, So let me get this straight. Jimmy Stewart can hang on to a gutter for longer than a cop 
who's reaching down, trying to pull him up <laughs> while he has his legs, everything else planted. That's how gravity works. Okay. <laughs> how long would you fellas last for a rooftop chase scene? I say four buildings and then I eat it. Yeah, I'd, I'd get to one ledge and be like, well, you know, maybe he had his reasons for taking those jewels. And then, yeah, I mean, unless you're on PCP or just insanely yoked or do, you know, six days a week of F45 slash, you know, Barry's right. boot camp. Yeah, that's that that life's not cut out for us. It looks like it, yeah, that, instead of parkour, it was parbore. Yeah. <laughs> When a guy faints into a woman's arms, he could immediately cross, his, cross himself off a list of people that she would bang. <laughs> when he How fell did off she the, catch him? Once he fell off the ladder, yeah, exactly. And by the way, that again, Hitchcock being the master of cinematography, it was the worst fall. It didn't make because he was up on top yeah. of a step stool, like he was above her shoulders, and then he falls as if he like just tripped real quickly. Yeah. It was horribly <laughs> shot. I've seen heroin addicts fall down the stairs of subway stations with more grace than that. Uh, Jimmy Stewart's character would be the last person I would ever go on a vacation with, specifically climbing tall landmarks like the Statue of Liberty or old churches. Because every five steps, it would be an episode. I'd go, Jimmy, shut up and suck it up. <laughs> if you watch nothing but Hitchcock films, you will think everyone in America is white and impeccably dressed like they're about to go to the Met Gala. <laughs> not, not even extras are cruising around in jeans or flip-flops. Yeah. By the way... And, and this is actually in, in the notes. Thank you. Hitchcock hated filming on location. He had that scene at the restaurant recreated to a T to the point where he had the regulars who really did go to the real Ernie's restaurant in at Ernie's restaurant. And my point is, there's no way in hell this was filmed in San Francisco because people are not playing hopscotch around piles of human shit. Um, <laughs> People aren't booting up heroin on street corners, and also no one is stealing out from the open from Whole Foods or CVS. Why are desk clerks so damn helpful in Hitchcock films? To, they are giving the exact room and the key, and I give you this film and one we just did a month ago, North by Northwest, where the desk clerk damn near walks up and opens the door for them, breaking every <laughs> single major law of innkeepers across this fair country. By the way, if I can bring something up too, that was a plot sure. hole that unless I misread it or, or something uh, – she obviously goes up into a room. We see her go into that room and open the window. He sees her, so he follows her in and says, uh, you know, can I – that girl, she's up there. And she's she's like, she hasn't been up there at all. I would have seen her, and her keys are right here. So is, it was as if it was magical and she was a ghost. But how did she not see her, and how did she have the key, and how did she leave big without point. Her seeing her? Big, big point. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yep. Makes no sense. Ten minutes in, and there are already way too many lingering shots about nothing. <laughs> you think if she really wanted to commit suicide, she would do it by jumping more off a three-foot little ledge into the bay? I mean, the goddamn <laughs> Golden Gate Bridge is known for two things. Fog and people committing suicide to the point where they have nets. And what what happened to her? Because she's just floating like she's unconscious in the water. She yes. fell like six feet into the water, and then she's just like laying. 
is. <laughs> More like Mr. Chips goes to Megan's Law's list. Thank you. <laughs> Kim Novak is stunning, by the way, fellas. Let's give credit where credit is due. She is a stunning okay. individual. Creepy Jimmy Stewart asked her back to his place instead of the house or hospital. I fully expected her when he took her out of the bay when she woke up in his bed instead of the hospital or her house. When she wakes up, I expected him to be licking his lips while slowly fondling himself <laughs> over his pants. Smelling her feet. <laughs> Minute 35 and I wrote, this is really dragging. Yep. This movie would be better if during the driving scenes they play it through San Francisco, they play the theme song, The Full House. Then I'd have a few chuckles. <laughs> I wrote this down. Hitchcock could have easily trimmed down these scenes. My Lord. Who is this editor? Judd Apatow? <laughs> Mother of God. Jimmy Stewart looks like a less weathered, less fun version of the drill sergeant from Full Metal Jacket. <laughs> We had to have them drive out to the Sequoia Forest just so we can hear him wax poetic about his eventual death and oh, annual rings. Look how cool this is. Oh, what a stretch for nothing. I said this before about North by Northwest and apparently he hired the same composer. The music is overly intense and unnecessarily overbearing it it was one of those films and i forgot the other one i th god damn oh the many saints of newark to where you think there's something wrong with the channel because the music blasts and drowns everything out it's like when you're watching tv and the commercials are five decibels louder than their actual mm -hmm. program this yeah. drowned you out to the point my wife goes what are you are you going deaf i go no <laughs> score by the way, I want to give a shout out to Alfred Hitchcock. One of the things I love about the movie The Birds and the score to the movie The Birds, the music of The Birds, there is no music in that movie. It's just the sound yeah. of birds. There's not a single uh, piece of music in in that in that movie. It's great. You know, I was, you know, I did that film and the, the same exact thing. Stole from that idea years years later. It is great. A Quiet Place. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And didn't and um. Christopher Nolan's war movie. Oh, wasn't Dunkirk. It just the ticking. The, the ticking yeah, wasn't it just the ticking? There was no, I don't think there was music. Was that okay? No, no, no. Interste I think that or Interstellar. That was where the clock was. We did that one on this podcast. Yeah, Interstellar, Interstellar had a clock too, but Dunkirk had this ticking throughout the entire movie. It I think you're thinking did. of La La Land. <laughs> no, we did that. <laughs> La La Land. That was it. That was yeah. it. I wrote this mm -hmm. down four or five times. What am I missing? I I kept tuning out, blanking out. I go, Jesus Christ! Rewind another eight minutes again. Uh, and there was there was even a, a point. I I don't know if remember if it was the end. I think it was in the clock tower, or he was going up the clock tower, and Kim Novak says something to him, and it seems like it's very important. And I I rewound it like five times, and I could not. Make I did a too. Word that that all oh, that final she was scene. Like, I can't get with that. And you're like, what? Oh, yeah, what yeah, yeah. I said to my wife, what I was like, what did you, you just say? say? Yeah. And I rewound it's it like like five times. I couldn't get it. Well, you got to one of my notes later on, but I'll say it now. I said Kim Nav Kim Novak is speaking sand people ease from Star Wars films. <laughs> This film can be summarized as Jimmy Stewart chasing a woman around at least four times who is in hysterics. At what point do you say, just let her kill herself? All right, she's just not a happy person. 
You know, oh, just I said it like five times. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, just give her fentanyl, let her go to an insane clown posse concert and let God do his graceful thing and let her die, you know, in a field of, of meth addicts. Jimmy Stewart looks like a skinnier Rodney Dangerfield sporting a Mr. Rogers cardigan. <laughs> his former girlfriend artist is going to the mat for him. He should get her something nice from Zales. You know, that she's showing up the loony bin doing this and that. And he's not, she's, there's, he's just like, ah, whatever, your artwork. Okay, good for you, kid. Bully for you. Nothing. You're pulling for her, too. You were really pulling for her. I mean, I thought they threw a dummy off the roof. That's how fake that looked when she jumped to her death. And I said, this must have been the absolute worst ambulance crew slash coroner ever assembled in the history of mankind. Like, well, this patient smells like plastic, but otherwise dead as a doornail. I mean, that looked nothing. I've seen college films. I've made college films that look more realistic than that death. That was one of the scenes that I rewound. Because when they showed it, I was like, oh, so they they threw like a dummy out. Yes. And that was, but then they had the corner. I was like, so I rewound it. I was like, oh, that was supposed to, that was, that was a real person. Sorry. Right, could you imagine being like those coroners of the, the ambulance crew, like for like in like a, a, a two years in a row where they have to be like, we got to get that second lady off the roof again. Like it's just, kind of, it's just <laughs> at the convent. Yeah, uh, another 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 lady got roofed. Like it's a janitor getting a kid's kickball off the elementary school at <laughs> gym. And what gym. happened? What happened if if Scotty happened to see the body being pulled being carted away? Yeah, he would have been like, "That's not the girl I was. That's not. That's, that's, that's like not the girl that. whose feet I was sniffing while she was passed out in my bed." <laughs> He didn't even go to the top of the belfry, for Christ's sakes. You'd think if you make that journey all the way up, you would go, ah, you know what? Another eight steps. I'm going to see this yeah. thing through. Talk about repressing the hell out of her, not liking her pick her own suit. Very Norman Bates-ish, if I, and I, you know, it's funny we're talking about Psycho. Um, or he might as well just make her look like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre Leatherface version of Kim Novak. <laughs> By the way, he is four seconds from throwing her into the hole and telling her to put the lotion in the basket or she'll get the hose, right? <laughs> yeah. There is no free will for this woman. Feminists watch this film now. They're going to lose their shit. At what point does she not grab her stuff while just run away screaming from the convent? Like, why are you dragging me out here? I just wanted to go to dinner, for Christ's sakes, as you promised. Films are supposed to make you feel emotions. Kevin, you talked about the the the, the 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 storytelling, emotions, anxiety, horror, adrenaline, laughter. This film made me feel zero emotions, nothing. I re I've never rewound a film as many times as I did. I bought this for five bucks off Voodoo a while ago. Oh, Vertigo! I think I like that. I think I saw that in in in, in film class. By the way, speaking of Vertigo, where in the hell is his Vertigo on the final ascent up? And then when he looks over to see she's dead nothing you're gonna tell me she's cured he's cured of his vertigo by her killing herself nothing else about the third vertigo for the last third of the film what a lazy garbage ass ending this was i can't hammer that home enough kevin israel you already did it just as well i haven't watched many hitchcock films recently i'm with you uh chip i remember liking a lot of them the bird psycho i'm due for a rewatch for a lot of them i haven't seen rebecca 
other ones you had mentioned. I haven't seen those either, but I got to go through the filmography and see what I missed. Re- oh, I rewatched Rear Window six months ago. Still fantastic. Still Great liked movie. it a lot. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Uh, and uh, so, uh, by the way, The Birds and Psycho just recently got on, uh, just just went on Netflix because it's funny. I literally, I just bought, and it's up here somewhere. I just bought about two months ago. I bought a five disc of this the Hitchcock classics, and uh, and it's like the The Bird, Psycho, Rear Window, and, and you know Vertigo, and I think North by Northwest, and then they came on uh, Netflix. So yeah, Birds and Psycho, uh, you can watch very easily on Netflix right now. Right. But the other ones, man, those two recent ones, North by Northwest, we've done this podcast, and now this. Man, I went through all these reviews, and I said, what am I missing? What am I missing why people are throwing themselves off of a church belfry for this film? This film stunk. I can't believe it. I thought, oh, this is going to be a good one. I'll enjoy it. Two and a half out of ten, Kevin Israel, you stole it right out from under me. Boy, we're going to get yelled at from everybody, but I can't right. see this. I try to bring, bring it on his right. I don't get it. Not at all. This is Hitchcock, man, is one of those guys. Everyone's all, oh, I love Hitchcock. I love Hitchcock. But now, man, there is some North by Northwest in this, this last one. Boy, oh, boy, man. I think it's like, you know what? Maybe the termites gotten here and the foundation has rotted, kids, and we're due for uh, to see if the emperor really doesn't have any clothes. Well, get ready for just a ton of metaphorical hand jobs. Oh, Critics, five-star reviews. It's a product of its time, parentheses, especially when it comes to the treatment of female characters. By the way, that is a common theme with these reviews, female character treatment. And it's not just trying to be a thriller. Rather, it's a story about a doomed romance that turns into a dangerous obsession, which I didn't care about. Not at all. This latent Alfred Hitchcock thrillerama offers further evidence of his mastery in mystery and suspense for, despite its flaws, it grips one's attention from start to finish. Oh, no, it did not. Oh, no, it, it 100% didn't. How many, I mean, I mean, combined of all three of us, I, I, I'm i going to assume over under 22 and a half times we all rewound scenes combined. And, and, and both of those five-star reviews, I think, said all the things that we disagree with. And I don't think... Either of those reviews said anything about the cinematography or how beautiful it is, because I, Which I think we could all agree it is a beautiful movie, and and, yeah. and that's it was great. But they're not even they're they're missing that point too. Hitchcock is often spoken about regarding his perfectionism. This way, every shot is carefully arranged, and the edits hit like a knife. That's no that's no less true here. Wow, who? <laughs> yeah, edits like a with a butter knife. Uh, <laughs> kill hey. you. If, I if mean, the this, shots were clearly painstakingly arranged, but yes. then they were just lingered way too long. Mm-hmm. And the impact muddled at best. Yeah. If the cinema was Hitchcock's church, this film was his confession. What does that even mean? I want to throw this critic out of the church belfry along with Kim Novak's blatantly obvious dummy. Thank you. <laughs> Critics trying to be funny, stop it. Critics, one-star reviews. At the risk of sounding slow-witted, well, I mean, that's four of us here, fella, or gal, I must complain that Alfred Hitchcock's Vertigo was a little too difficult for me. The plot is a brilliant box of devilish tricks, and yet the film disappoints. It seems too long to elaborately design the narration of this kind of criminal intrigue sags under such luscious treatment. It needs the touch of the harsh and the squalid. What 
are you trying to say? And she, this person is even giving it too much credit. They said at the beginning, it's like, I didn't understand it or it was too smart for me. It's like, it's not too, you just, you, you didn't miss anything. Even such a master craftsman as director Alfred Hitchcock sometimes forgets that more than enough is too much, as he proves in the photogenic San Francisco suspense mystery, which is still badly in need of the cutter's shears. Agreed. Definitely. The storytelling isn't up to much. It drags and drags. Yahtzee. Amazon, five-star reviews. Oh, these are going to be painful. Now, you say they're painful. I'm the one who has to call through these, Kevin Israel. <laughs> Heavy as the head. Yeah, you're exactly right. If you ever lost the one and only love of your life, the person you know you were meant to be with, you will understand this movie. Put aside your thoughts of how fast or slowly a movie should go and simply sit back and watch it. Allow yourself the time to feel what you are seeing on the screen. I love this movie. It gives us an insight into the feelings of Alfred Hitchcock and explains why he was always looking for the perfect blonde woman. Guys, if Hitchcock's mom wasn't blonde, that would shock the hell out of me. And I wonder if she also wore a gray suit all the time as well. It's, it's uncanny how that just happens constantly. Yeah. Get ready for a laugher. Those people who do not like Vertigo state that it is not realistic and too improbable. That's just the point. Vertigo is about an artificial world and the fascination of that world. Those who like Vertigo are drawn to it over and over because it is something that is inside each of us that is ever so fleeting and will always remain unobtainable. Yeah, that, that imaginary world of San Francisco, California. Vertigo and North by Northwest are the first movies I remember seeing that featured black extras in the background. Thank you, Mr. Hitchcock. You made my day. Stop it. Stop. Come on. Kid you not. And Come the, on. The guy who wrote it on Amazon, it's a black guy who wrote that. And I make fun of it because it, I said, again, in the North by Northwest episode, and you don't see him for about 45 minutes until the train car. So he's not exactly doing favors for black people out there, guys no. and girls. So let's let's not go. As the great Winston Wolf and Pulp Fiction said, let's not go sucking each other's dicks quite yet. <laughs> the story, on the other hand, is what was getting on my nerves. Stewart's character is a little too preoccupied for my tastes. When he is trying to recreate her, if I was Novak's character, I would have told him to jump in the lake. That would have saved her the trouble she had at the very end. Well, guys, she did jump in the bay and see where that got her. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Amazon one-star reviews. Amazon. What a waste of time watching Kim Novak and Grandfather H. Stewart following each other around Frisco with a, no one else apparently in town. Ain't that the truth? The nauseating tedium is the only suspense of this film as in, when are we going to see a plot line? Even Hitchcock can't make a poor script and storyline into a film worth watching. I like it. I have Vertigo, Doctor Certified. When I saw this was available, I decided to see how other people react. This was one of the worst movies I have ever seen. Think about wasting your money before watching it. Isn't it great when people use their own medical experience as validation? Does that mean I can write reviews as, as a 46-year-old with about 5 to 10 pounds to lose, I found that American Beauty hits home, except for banging that high school girl and kissing my male next-door neighbor. 
I know we're done with the gutting portion of this, but I just need to go back and say, go ahead, <laughs> that Vertigo and Acrophobia played almost no part in this movie. No, like, yeah, there was no. And when I came, when I went into watching it, I had I li- I had no idea what the movie's about. I had n- yeah. absolutely no idea, and I for some reason in my head made it up that it was about a guy trapped on a ledge. And the whole movie is about him suffering, like realizing that he has to survive, but he's terrified the whole time. I because because of, of this this design, I always thought that's what it was about. And he keeps looking down and seeing that. I thought the whole and the whole movie was supposed to build you, like make you feel his fear. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, this is gonna be. It had nothing. Literally nothing. It could have. He could have been a fear. It could have been a fear of anything. Could have been a fear yeah. of water, of spiders, of dolphins, of feet, anything. Yeah, like literally, the fear had nothing to do. Sorry. No. All right. I'm well, sorry. and it's 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 also he <laughs> he he had to retire as a police officer as a detective because he couldn't deal with heights anymore. You know how police officers are always climbing up on roofs all <laughs> it's the time. Like, jetpacks. It's the jetpacks that are the he problem. He couldn't go on desk duty at all. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Tediously paced, nice but poorly executed bait and switch. Unbelievably disappointing, sudden full stop ending. You're right. He looks over the edge. The end. Black. Eat. Shit. I, I, I would have. I would have loved it gone to black. And as it's going to black, he just turns to the nun. And is like, so is there a good place to get a sandwich around here? Yeah. Like he just moves on. You want to go check out the forest with me? Yeah. Uh, he goes. Hated it. Re- watch rear window instead. Same slow pace, but at least the payoff is there at the end. Next one. No matter how cleverly Alfred Hitchcock twists, turns, mutilates, powders, perfumes, and be- beautifies this horror of a story into a psychological murder mystery romance, it's still a snake with lipstick on. It goes up several notches on the horror scale when Novak's two characters separately fall in love with a gangly with a gangly geezer. You would cringe every time they kissed. That's gangly true. geezer. Gangly geezer would be a great gangly name for geezer. a band. Love yeah. alliteration. You know that. <laughs> mm-hmm. The final insult is when the film tries to show us the Stuart character is actually an innocent victim. Oh, please. Sorry, I've never really liked romantic cradle-robbing adultery, even when dressed up as a psychological murder mystery. The San Fran location at all are a sacrilege. Signed, Summer Redstone. (laughs) Oh, Summer. You got it. You nailed it, Summer. Kevin Israel, did Chip Chantry gut that sacred cow? You know, I like when I like when guests come on here and they they have a very methodical, very well thought out execution of the gutting. He didn't get overly angry. He didn't get because I did. And uh, and I, I really respected Chip's approach. And he absolutely did gut this movie. I 100 percent agree with everything he said. I have Thank to. Re- I, yeah, I, and I agree. This is an easy gutting. I think, the, again, credit to Chip as well. But this film you know what? It, it, it had the it had the pulse of a, of a dummy being thrown out of a belfry for me. How about that? So it was <laughs> it, it was one hundred percent did. It wasn't much. I will, uh, Kevin. I've never seen you. There are several films that have made you this angry. Breakfast at Tiffany's. This, of course, and two thousand one: A Space Odyssey. So the I love when you go into these movies that are so lauded and so loved, and then it turns out, and all all three of those movies you just mentioned, by the way, I'd never seen until this fucking podcast. Um, <laughs> And I go in each one thinking, oh, this is going to be an experience. And they all sucked. They and it it makes me that much angrier because I've avoided these movies my whole life. And then when I finally watch them, they're shit. So, yeah, it makes me angry. <laughs> I think that's all- what it makes me angry, too. It's it's not that it's 
there are there are worse movies than Vertigo out there, definitely. Oh yeah, but, definitely. But why is this held up so high? Because in- it's Hitchcock, and no one can dare besmirch his name. That's yeah, why. It's just it, it it just doesn't make any sense. The Emperor wear knows wears no clothes. Kevin Goatee thanking my buddy Kevin Israel sitting in on another one. And Chip Chantry, this was a joy. We're gonna have you back. I like yeah, you. I, like the cutter, anytime. Cutter this was this was so much fun. This was great. Thank, thanks for having me. We'll Good see time, you, We'll see everybody next time. Take care. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for one twenty nine each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.